The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I will be that people's champion. I will be there. I have the will to win no matter what. I've heard this story many, many times, and it's from the greats. Drops him, and Mark Goddard calls it. But I'm coming for you, John. I'm coming for you. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner, Dominic Reyes. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Sitting here with Phoenix Carnavale because Matt is uh, away with Dana. Having fun, doing something cool. Having a lot more fun than being stuck in New York as it's getting colder. And we have uh, Cody Crowley, uh, who's obviously a boxer, and uh, he is promoting that uh, UFCFightPass.com to watch him this weekend fighting. And uh, we also have Dominic Reyes uh, Skyping in very short. I think Dominic is first today. So uh, he's fighting uh, Chris Weidman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris's first uh, you know, att- attempt at light heavyweight. He, uh, he seemed good when we talked to him. Were you here when we spoke to Chris? I wasn't here. Maybe it was I'm either either uh, Robbie or Matt. I'm not sure who was here. But he looked good. He seemed like he was ready. Um, you know, going up is the logical thing, you know, as guys get older. That's why I'm so fascinated with Jared Cannonier, uh going down. Maybe. I mean, it might be the type of thing where he ha- – it's so subjective because if somebody has a particularly lot of muscle mass, they can – go down a little bit that just make themselves leaner in the case of chris he's been cutting weight forever especially growing up as a wrestler your body just had it yeah it's like i need to hold on to water and then each weight cut it gets harder and harder and harder to maintain that and then you know when you lose the weight you're not losing functional weight you're not putting it back on when you gain that water weight back it's just sometimes just makes you feel heavier so when you when you've had to cut weight how, how have you had bad weight cuts before no, because, you know, I'm tiny and, and I kind of kept myself where I mean, maybe the most I was losing was eight pounds. In a week? No, I did it gradually. I would okay. lose like four pounds the week before and it was mostly water and you do like a, a you water load and then you cut. So water loading is like, you know, because again, I remember interviewing Paul Felder and he had mm-hmm. a, just a giant gallon jug. Yep. And that's what a couple days before you, you were a week before. How, how uh, in advance do you water? Load? It, for me, it was like a week before. And then so you drink a gallon and a half. Then you go to a gallon. Then you go to half a gallon. You go to 32 ounces and then you weigh in and you have like. You basically like lick an ice cube and then you <laughs> you weigh in and then the second you get off the scale, you want to drink, you drink too much and you'll actually get sick. Why is it that, why is it drink so much, drink a little, is that because they want you to pee all week and pee out all the salt yeah, in you? pretty much. You pee everything out and your body doesn't feel like it needs to hold on to water because it's getting so much of it that it relinquishes it and that's how you get oh, really lean. Is, is that one thing that you do, your body it doesn't doesn't hold it because you're tricking it? 
So it's somewhat, somewhat of a trick. I your don't mind know. is part of your body. Doesn't your mind go, hey, fuckhead, this is only going to last for a day? <laughs> How come your mind doesn't warn the rest of your body? I don't know. I don't know. I never really understood the exact science of it. Like I would do the thing with Epsom salt and make me sweat, but that would make me lightheaded. It and would, I would of feel course. Like, feel like shit. Is that in a tub you do that? Yeah. I hated it. I couldn't do it. It didn't work for me. I've seen footage of Cyborg in the, uh, in the sauna. And just watching people sweat like that. If I sit in the sauna, I, I try to do this the, the sauna a little bit. You know, when I have time, 20 minutes, you know, they say it's pretty good for you to yeah, sweat a little bit. Yeah, it's great for you. But I, I, I almost can't make the last five minutes sometimes. I don't know how anybody does it. How long do you, what's the longest they'll be in the sauna for? <sighs> I could do the infrared for like an hour. But the infrared is not as vicious as the regular sauna. What's the difference? I don't know. Something about the infrared, it goes into your muscles and it, I, I love it. I feel amazing when I get out of it. it I just don't feel it's like it's as hot. It's great for you. But it takes me a good 20 minutes to sweat. I don't sweat a lot. Is it better for you than a regular sauna? I think so. I think the studies have found that something about the infrared light penetrates the muscles a little bit more. Where can I find an infrared uh, sauna? They have a place called Recovery, which is like two blocks away and they have an infrared sauna there. And they have a CVAC machine, which is another really weird thing. What's that? The CVAC, it, it's it's um, it basically sti- it's, it it basically it's like you're being in a pressurized cabin, so it's similar to I, I, blood doping, but legally. So you're giving your body more oxygen. So it's oh, like you're yes. it's like you're in altitude. So you have to do it for like 20 minutes a couple times a week and you actually build red blood cells that way. So when you're in this, are you laying there or you're, is it a room? You're sitting there. You're sitting in like this little pod. You look like Sigourney Weaver in the beginning of Aliens. You're in is like one of those. No, because it's not so small, but it's uncomfortable because you feel like when you're going up and down on an airplane. So your ears will pop, you know, it'll mess with your sinuses a little bit, but it actually works. Can you uh, listen to music while you're doing it? Yeah, you can listen to music, watch TV, text somebody. Okay, that was a really childish question. Can you have a donut later? <laughs> yes, yeah, stupid, you can. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's your favorite song. I love it. But I want to know more about that uh, when we come back. The CVAC machine? Yep. Yeah, I would love to. Dominic Reyes. What up? Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. good. We were just talking about like weird things. You might have insight into this. So... To water load to weight cut, why does water loading work? Uh, because you're, it makes your body flush out uh, the water. It's really weird how it works, um, but I don't really know the exact science. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah, we just it, like, this works, do it. It seems like you're tricking your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Into, I think so. And that's what it is. So it gets rid of all – and the salt is basically what you're trying to pee out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, just get as much water out as possible so that you're leaner. How bad are the weight cuts for you? I and mean, we, we were talking about uh, – Chris going up to uh, light heavyweight for the first time. And uh, I-, I wonder what it is that finally makes a person's decision. Are you really comfortable with the weight you're at? Or have you ever debated switching? I'm comfortable here, man. I've always fought at 205. This is this is my weight. And what do you worry about with a guy like Weidman? I mean, I know he's coming in. He's used to fighting lighter. But uh, obviously, you know, you saw what happened when, when Cub Swanson fights a guy like Crone Gracie, who's very good, but you see what a veteran, a guy who's, who's got, had a lot of tough fights, how he can find a way to, to beat a guy who's a younger, hot prospect. So do you worry about that at all with Chris? Um, no, not really. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's their uh, – every, every situation is unique, and uh, our fight's a unique situation in itself. Um, he is a 
vet you know he 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 does you know a lot of things really well but so do i and i'm I, the thing with me is i think it's more dangerous to fight an up-and-comer because we're constantly evolving like you don't know what version of me you're gonna get like you think you might but i'm i'm still kind of young in the game and i'm learning and i'm growing every day um with chris he kind of is who he is and uh he i'm gonna get what a chris wedman you know he's gonna try to wrestle me i you know i know his game plan you know yeah <laughs> so I, I guess you've been training with wrestlers in, in camp i'm sure you've been doing that if you'd have to be of course of course uh defensive wrestling offensive wrestling jiu-jitsu um but it's just he has to deal with my size man he has to deal with my athleticism i think uh at middleweight he was fighting a lot of guys that were smaller than him um and now he's moving up and he now he's a smaller guy so uh i think that's gonna play a pretty big factor in this fight did Uzdemir surprise you at all? He fought really well. You wind up getting the decision. It was very, very close. Uh, a lot of people mm. thought that he he got he should have got the nod, but it was cl- very, very close either way. And, and what did he do that surprised you? Uh, he shot. I didn't. It, that was the last thing I was expecting him to do. Um, if you look at Vulcan, he's shot maybe twice in his whole career. Um, for me, that was he caught me off guard. It was you know good on him. It was excellent timing, and uh, he caught me off guard. I wasn't training for to defend a shot from Vulcan. I was just training to not get knocked out, really. <laughs> oh, okay. It's funny because like, every um every fight you have, every training camp you have, you always pick up like a couple of new different tricks or different skills. What have you picked up in the last couple of fights that'll help you going into this fight with Weidman? I think uh, poise. Poise and composure is something I've really picked up, especially from that Vulcan fight. Um mm-hmm. I, I kind of learned, like, no matter what happens, um, it's going to be okay. Just stick to your game plan. Um, you, I, I, I know the techniques. I know how to get out of situations. You know, I, I move correctly. So it's like, no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Like, stay you. Stay, stay true to yourself. Fight your fight, and it'll be all right. Like, that's something I picked up from the last fight. And then in this camp, you know, composure is a, a huge, huge uh, theme. Because it's a five-round fight, and great champions fight with a lot of composure. You know, you have to be composed at all times. And uh, if you're not, you, your heart rate starts spiking, you start freaking out, and you start gassing. So it's about just really staying true to yourself. I think that last fight really uh, was an eye-opener for me because I was trying to – I was worried about him so much. Like I said, I was worried about not getting knocked out. Like, I shouldn't be fighting to not lose, you know. Right. You need to fight to win. And – uh yeah, I've got back to myself, really. I think that's, I, I saw some adversity and uh, I learned from it. How do you train that? How do you train to be able to see everything that's happening and also maintain your composure? Um, so to train it, you, you put yourself in extremely ses- stressful situations. <laughs> um, like where you're you're at a, you start off with at a disadvantage. You start off like, where you're in the worst position possible and mm-hmm. you have a fresh guy on top of you. Okay. And then you're just getting jacked up. <laughs> All right. But you stay calm and you work your way out. And it's cool. You're like, wow, I didn't freak out everything. And I did all my techniques correctly. And I ended up getting out of that situation. So it's, you, you learn, you learn by seeing it, like by, by trial, you know, trial and error. You could try to freak out and go all hard or, and it, the result doesn't work out better or worse. And if you stay calm, it works out better because now you have better uh, 
when you get out of the situation, you're ready to go and do what you know, strike or whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. What is the mental difference when it's happening? Because Connor, I think, after, when he fought Habib, said that he was fighting not to lose. He kind of just said the same thing you just said. So when you're in there and you're in the middle of the fight, what is what is happening mentally that's a little bit different when you're when you're in the middle? Are you just kind of feeling good that? You took one of his punches and didn't go down as opposed to thinking of how you're going to like, what, what's, what's the mental difference? I'm not sure if I'm asking that question, right? Uh, I mean, I think bottom line, you got to fight to win, uh, and fighting to win, it comes from just having fun, you know, and knowing exactly who you are and what matters most. Um, I felt like I was kind of fighting for the wrong things. My last fight, I was, I don't know, like. I'm fighting for me. I'm fighting for my family now. I'm fighting for for myself for having to have fun. Like I enjoy this. Last fight, I, I put too much pressure on myself. I was worried about the rankings, worried about title implications. I was like, I have to get a big win. You know, this way I could get a title shot. Like instead of just worrying about the now, you know, like focus on what's happening right now. Focus well, right, on right now, this moment. <laughs> right now, it, I hate to say it, but this this does sound like it's moving towards title implications. You know, this this looks like that's kind of the next step for you. So I know you want to focus on having fun and not worrying about that, but are you looking at where this fight leads to the future? All, all that matters right now is that I take care of Chris Friday night. Okay. And my my whole opinion on everything is, you know, whatever happens, happens, and the chips will fall where they where they fall. Um, if it leads to a title, then then hell yeah, you know, I deserve I deserved it, you know. If they don't, and I gotta fight someone else, then that is what it is. But I I gotta just focus on what's in front of me, and that's just having fun in this fight. And I think my performance, you know, I go out and perform and have fun and do my thing. It'll, it'll speak volumes, you know. There's nothing I could say in interviews anymore that's going to speak as loud as my performances. That's true. So, how, how did this fight come I, about, by the way? Sorry to interrupt you. How, how did this come about with your Chris's first fight light heavyweight? Um, they called me up and said, because, uh, I, I, you know, I was waiting after my last fight, like, what's what's happening next? And I wasn't getting really any answers or any, anything. So I was like, so uh, who am I, like, what's going on? What's going on with Division? Talking to Mick, you know, talking to my manager. And it was kind of like, well, we don't, we're not sure, you know, we're, we're still working on it. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And all of a sudden they're like, well, we got great news for you. I was like, well, what is it? And like, we got you an opponent. I was like, well, who is it? Chris Weidman. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> so he, is he a middleweight? And they're like, yeah, but he's coming up. He wants to fight you. I was like, hey, hey, man, he, his bad. Like that, that's on him. Hell yeah. Let's take it. So he asked like, for you? Um, apparently, yes. Okay. Um, so he asked for me, I said, yes. And then they told me that it would be a number one contender fight, like to sweeten the pot. Um, but for me, it's like, they say a lot of, you know, the UFC is famous for saying a lot of things. So, um, I was just like, cool. It's a good opponent. You know, I liked, I love the matchup and, uh, I'd, I'd love to put some hands on Chris and show him why. He shouldn't come up to light heavyweight. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the division is kind of, I mean, you know, Jones is obviously the champion. And Cormier, I, I don't know if Cormier is coming back down. Something tells me he's going to stay at heavyweight. Um, Santos is, is healing after surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony's already fought him. So then there's just kind of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're the logical. Exactly. If the, if you win this fight, you are the logical next fight for John Jones. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way it's looking logically, but not everything happens logically. No, that's does true. It. <laughs> no, they don't at all. Did, um, did Anthony Smith's name come up at all uh, when you guys were talking about fights? Oh uh, no, his hand was broken. So yeah. I'd love. I'd. I would. I actually. 
preferred I would have preferred to fight Anthony, but uh, he was out. So it is what it is. I got Chris. I'm excited. It's a great matchup. You know, it's it should be a really fun fight. There's a lot of attention on it, and uh, we'll see what happens. Why would you prefer to fight Anthony over Chris if you had your choice? Well, he's a light heavyweight, and he's ranked number three. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of rankings, you know, if if it doesn't go my way, I wouldn't fall off, you know, to some crazy ranking. Chris isn't ranked, so him coming up to light heavyweight and then potentially beating me is really dangerous for me. It's really dangerous fight, right? Because if I don't win, I don't know what's going to happen, you know. But that's not really something I'm worried about. I'm where I'm out there to win. So yeah, I'm not so- worried about nothing. It, it, sometimes these fights can can be very dangerous. When you look at uh, uh, Ally Quinta just fought uh, Dan Hooker. I mean, who was way below him in the rankings right. and, and wound up losing. But you seem prepared for it, you know. And not that Al wasn't, but I mean, you just you do seem to know exactly what you're in for and and who you're dealing with and, and what he's going to probably try to do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I understand. Chris is he's a great wrestler, but uh, I'm I'm a great fighter. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and again, to go back to, to Swanson and Crone Gracie, I mean, as great as Crone is on the ground, he couldn't get in. I mean, I mean, he literally mm-hmm. couldn't get no, in. No, he it, couldn't. It, it, it's, it was a lot of movement. It was three rounds of constantly moving, which is going to be hard to do for five rounds with someone like Chris shooting at you. But, I mean, there is a way to keep somebody off you. Yeah, uh, it's basic wrestling. You know, defend defend the shot. <laughs> it's it's have, have great footwork and defend the shot. It's, it's no secret formula. There's nothing magical I need to figure out how to do. It's... I got to defend the shot and have great footwork, which is two things I know how to do very well. You're a very analytical guy, which is what we like, especially when people break down fights. And when you look at your whole division, why do you think no one's been able to to beat John Jones or crack that code? Um, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I think it's John. John has fantastic coaches around him. And I think I think it's really a reach issue. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses his reach extremely well. And uh, for a long time, he was kind of doing the finger thing, and that extended his reach even more. Right. Um, so it's really hard to get on him. And then when you get in on him, he it's elbows. You know, you got to worry about elbows once you get in because now you're rushing to get in. You rush to get in, now he elbows you. So that would stop guys in their tracks. Um, and then on top of that, he's very explosive, and he spins. So when you feel like you have the upper hand or he you got him against the cage or something like that, he'll spin. Very fast, very explosive. And one, it looks really cool for the judges. Yeah. Two, um, it's dangerous. It's it's extremely <laughs> dangerous. So like it's 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 quite the puzzle. But uh you, if you look at everything that he's done, it's it's been uh composed. He's been composed and then he explodes. Like it's very very champion esque of him. He's a mm-hmm. great champion. He's been a champion for a long time. So um he knows how to win, and he has some pretty cool little techniques that uh, keep people on their on their heels. His first fight with Gustafson, I, I, it might have been, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was round five, where uh, it, it looked like I think Gustafson had won a couple rounds in a row. It was a very even fight, and Jones mm-hmm. uh, clearly won the final round. And you're right, that that mm-hmm. was to me staying composed. Because uh, he could have very easily just kind of, uh, you know, kind of given up and allowed Gustafson to take that third in a row, that third round in a row. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And plus, when he's against the the fence, he's great with his knees uh, and those mm-hmm. oblique kicks. Yeah, he's just a, a horror show to have. To and fight. he's a, and he's a good wrestler as well. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. He, he you, you can't take John. It's hard to take John down. He's long. He's long like myself, and he's very strong as well. So it's hard to take him down. 
and he's a good wrestler, offensive wrestler, so he'll take you down, you know, and he prides himself on getting guys' best asset and beating them at it. So, I mean, it's it, you prepare for a fight properly. You you could be at you could be whatever you would like to be if you really commit yourself to it. Mm-hmm. And when you went to uh, college, your, your background is really interesting. Uh, you you uh, you wanted to did you did go to college right? Like you wanted to be an IT tech. <laughs> Uh, I went to school at Sunnybrook University and I got a degree in information systems. So what would that, if you weren't fighting, what would that have been, had you doing? Well, I was working IT for a local high school while I was in the USC, my first uh, two fights. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was going to go into, uh, systems, uh, management, system analytics, uh, like, yeah, I would have been in the IT field. Total analyzing systems, sitting behind a computer. You know. Yeah, that's honestly, I, I was working and it was kind of killing me. Um, what sitting still, being still. I was still? blessed with all these gifts and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not just sitting still, but like I felt like my gifts were being wasted. Um, I, I God gave me height, God gave me length, God gave me strength and power and a good mind. So why why just sit behind a desk and type all day and fix kids' Chromebooks? Like, <laughs> there's, there's so much more. Was it you know, boring? It wasn't boring. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. You know, it was one of those things where uh, I I like to be great at everything I do, and I I was actually really good at it, and uh, it wasn't bad, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't fulfilling. Were you training back then too? Uh, like you said, you were fighting, but did you start training before you decided you wanted to do that? Um, yes. Um, so when I first got out of college, I was working construction making like $150 a day, like <laughs> not really making good money. And I was just, I'd go to work in the morning and then get out, of, um, get off work around five and then five or six and then go to practice at seven, seven to nine every day for like two years, three years. And then uh, I got the IT job because my body started breaking down. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got in the UFC, so. Yeah, perfect. When did you begin to think you could do it professionally? Like, cause you know, when you like, was it always kind of a dream in the back of your head that you didn't want to share with anybody or was it one of those things that you always kind of wanted to? Um, no, it wasn't something I've always wanted to do. I never thought I would, to be honest. Honestly, when I first started training, I couldn't throw a punch. I didn't know how to throw a punch properly. I thought I did. I definitely didn't know how to. And I learned all those things, but I knew I could do it professionally. Um, probably after my second amateur fight. I mean, I'd won my first one in like 20 seconds, and then the second one I won in the same amount of time. And it just felt too easy. Like, it felt really easy. And I was like, oh, man, I could do this and make some money. Like, And I I love this. Like, it's so much fun. There's no there's no better feeling in the world than getting your hand raised on fight night. There's, it's really nothing. What kind of compare. sparked the interest in martial arts for you, like, to begin with? Uh, my brother Alex Reyes, he's in the UFC as well, mm-hmm. um, and he has he has his own gym. And uh, I would go there and cross train in the summers when I was in college. I'd come back and I'd, you know, hit the bag or grapple with my brothers and and just uh, like king of the mat because mm-hmm. there's four of us. Yeah. And we're all we're all close in age, so we'd like just close the gym down and we just like go and spar each other and like just brothers ha- having fun, you know. And then. Uh, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. And then once I didn't get my shot at the NFL, uh, I was like, yeah, let's try this. I, I was honestly, pretty upset. I was, 
I feel like fighting is so much safer than football. <laughs> I really do. Football scares the crap I, out of me. After, after I got out of football and I started fighting, I feel like my body started healing itself. <laughs> um, after football, I was pretty banged up. You know, I got a couple concussions, injuries, you know, and my body was kind of messed up. And then I started MMA and like, I feel like I'm 21 right now. Like, I'm like healing. It's crazy. What position it's, were you in football? Wait, I was a safety. Okay. Yeah. So at least you're not an so offensive dude. So the lineman take they're taking headshots every single play. They're banging helmets. Well, I was doing 15 yard sprints right into running backs. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we have 15 yard uh, start and we're just crashing into each other at the line of scrimmage. So I mean, I was taking some serious impacts, but it wasn't every single play. But yeah, my it was more wear and tear on my uh, ankles and feet, yeah. and knees, than anything. Isn't it funny? Fighting actually is a safer, and and you feel less injuries fighting than you do doing something like that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how that works. Um, but I, I train smart. You know, I'm not out here. I have nothing to prove. I'm not at the gym every day trying to be a hero. You know, and ah, oh, I'm the strongest guy in the gym. Ah, oh. like it's just like I know what it takes to get better, mm-hmm. and you don't have to go like a million miles an hour in practice to get better. What Sometimes forms should, of you know, uh, go ahead? Don't no, keep finishing. Sorry, finish uh, what you're saying. Like Connor said, you know, sometimes you could upgrade your software without you know messing up your hardware. So. <laughs> I like it. A little IT reference. Do we have to? We have to wrap up this. Okay, they're telling us. Uh, listen, Dominic, man, it's good talking to you. Uh, Friday night fight night, you against Wyman. That's going to be a, a great fight. Uh, I'm anxious to see how Chris uh looks uh yeah and boston, oh you got the hat i didn't even see that i, I yeah. was wondering why you're wearing There's a boston that, hat man. that's how stupid i am <laughs> i'm a dope you had a boston hat on and i'm like wondering i'm not reading it because i'm looking at your face as we talk because you're <laughs> fighting in boston this friday i am a true ass listen man uh ha- have a good fight and uh we'll talk to you again all right later wait can you hear us or no well thank you guys thanks for having me thank all right Dominic, take off. bye Be well. bye the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Interesting. I like his analysis. Yeah. I like his analysis. I like how analytical he is and and especially appreciate what he said about John. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. But if if Vulcan was a little difficult shooting, Mm -hmm. Chris is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Chris has some amazing jujitsu and he does a very similar thing where he starts in bad positions. I know Matt does that to them a lot. He starts them in bad positions and and makes them work their way through it. So he he just has a huge vocabulary of submissions and of takedowns and 
Um, but Dominic is, he's an animal, he's a beast. It's yeah. not an easy fight for Chris to come right back into. Yeah, not at all, because you still have to get your hands on somebody in order to take them down. For sure. And, and again, they, they tend to object with that by throwing fists at you <laughs> as you're on your way. And Elbows, knees. I was so impressed with Cub. I want, I want to talk to Matt about, are we have Matt now? About Cub Swanson, because oh. that was, what an incredible, yeah. incredible fight. And by the way, how tough is Crone? I mean, he really got hit. And um, he's a tough, tough son of a bitch. Hey, oh my God, he's shirtless with be What are you, in New Orleans? What are you doing? I showed my titties. <laughs> yeah, you look good, Matt. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. What's up, guys? What's up? We wanted to talk you to like you. Look with the fucking beads. I, I love it. Um, did you guys hear me? Yes, yeah, we can. We can. What did you think of Crone and I, I, I against Cub Swanson? What did you think of how Cub uh, approached that fight? How Cub approached it? Yeah, like, like you know, he kind of did what everyone knew he had to do, but he did it so well. I thought he did really well. I thought, I think people were giving Crone shit, and I thought, I didn't think he did bad either. No, I, I didn't either. I think it's a, it's a good growing fight. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a huge, um, a huge difference, difference in experience. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? So it's like, like, you know, I mean, he's going to make adjustments from there. He's learning on the big stage in front of everybody. I mean, right. that's his, he's had fights in Japan, but it's totally different than the atmosphere he's fighting in the UFC. You Why are they giving him shit? Because he said he thinks he won that fight, I think. And people no, were like... No, he didn't say that. Yeah, I, I only saw a headline. I did not look at the full article, so I won't want to give too much detail on it, but... Did he? The headline was that he believes he won that fight, uh, and everybody was like, "Huh?" Well, I mean, in his mind, I can see, I can see him feeling like he didn't lose it in the sense where it's a, you know, he's not beaten down. He didn't feel like he got bested. Like, but in this kind of competition, it's not like the old days where you're, you know, you're fighting just to see who's best with no time limit. That that's what he, you know, he comes from that lineage, right? You know what I mean, right? Like, like, you know, I mean, we're going to use the better man who's fight for an hour or two and whoever stops first, that type of shit. So, like, in his mind, I'm sure he doesn't feel beaten. Yeah, I mean, you know he, I mean? He, was, he was plotting forward. He continued to put pressure and move forward, but he was taking a lot of shots in between. You know, Cub was doing an amazing job with body shots and kicks shots. and just beautiful kicks up on the toe using the shin, what I like to see. <laughs> oh, and by the way... I didn't go out and buy these beads, whatever the fuck they are. They gave me when I got here. Okay. So fucking aloha. Why? No one would. No one would. No one was criticizing no one was your knocking. beads. I have anal beads as well. There's nothing wrong with them. Fucking drawing swords, man. It's six thirty in the morning over here. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm having a good time. Let's see who's I was impressed too with uh, as the rounds went on, like you know, the late in the second and, and in the third round when Cubs slowed down a little bit, mm -hmm. that Crone still wasn't able to really take him down. Like there was a, a few times where they clinched up in the middle of the cage and he was able to break away every time or almost every time. He did a really good job. Again, man, I mean, I, I want to see who they, who they give uh, next to Crone. Yeah. And, and see what happens there. You know what I mean? Um, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna get cub. You know, I mean, listen, man, he's a tough fucking kid. I don't think. Yeah. His, I don't think his stock goes down. You know what I mean? And even when he went to his back, when he went to guard, you know, he was looking for shit. Oh, yeah. Know? So, you know, 
I like that. I like if you're not having success somewhere, fuck it, jump the guard, look for something, look, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk to you guys. I got fucking Dean Thomas texting me. me what, Dean, where is he? Why is he next to you at six thirty in the morning? He's in his room. I oh, I was oh. like, okay. I was like, I thought he was next to you in your yeah, room. I thought you were spooning. Oh no, no, I, you know, I'm talking to you, and you see a fucking. I see another text like I do right now. I gotta scroll it up. Anyway, how's your leg? What's real, Jimmy? How's are your... you fucking wearing plaid? And you're attacking me? No, I, I'm just. Well, you have beads around your neck. Um, I, I am. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to wear them because I've looked so fat on camera. I'm hoping to like have this, and then there's something about it that'll make me look better on camera. I don't know if it's gonna help. You look like you're in the '90s grunge era right now. Thank you very much. You're and hopefully, it will end the same way for me as it did for Cobain. <laughs> oh shit! Now let me ask Phoenix. you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, yo, Phoenix. Yes. Do you did you watch that the um? Do you have the Disney's app? Not the not the Disney app. The DC app. Do you no, have that shit? No, you're talking uh, about. Are you talking about? I forget the name of the show. My friend's I'm on it too. About Titans. You never saw it. No. All right. Then forget what my line of question. The second season came out. Did you watch Joker? No. But you know what? Dana watched it. He said it was dark as fuck. It it it, it, it it's amazing. Why it's amazing, it? and it's amazing. It's a masterpiece. But I never want to see it ever again. <laughs> no. I'm gonna see it today. It's just. It's very uncomfortable. It, you know what I'm. I'm predicting that it's because it's so sick and disturbing. I think it's going to be Jimmy's favorite comic book movie. I might love it. Although I did love The Dark Knight, but it was only because of, of Heath Ledger as the Joker. I didn't like Christian so you'll, Bell's you'll Batman. Like, you'll like The Joker. You'll like it. I'm sure I will. <laughs> we'll discuss after you've seen it. I, yeah, man. I heard it's sick. I have, Listen, normally I have nothing but time. But I've been, I was in Australia, and then I got home for a fucking second. And I got, I went to fucking, uh, now I'm here. Yo, you want to see something? Boo hoo. No one feels bad for you. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Let me show you my fucking knee. Yeah, All I on. see is a beautiful God. background. Hold on. Hold on. Wow. Whoa, what is that? Oh my God. There is an alien inside your knee. Oh my God. <laughs> what? It's fucked up, bro. Is what? that after the surgery? So is that supposed to be like that as it's healing? Yo, um,. That surgery, man, I don't think that shit was good. And Dana sees me walking around, man. He's sending me to one of his doctors. He goes, good. Yo, man, you're gonna see this dude. Stem cells or whatever you got to do. I think, you know what I need? I need a partial knee replacement. Oh. But the guy just did the surgery. Why is it worse now than it was? The fuck did he I don't do? know, man. I just got it scoped. And then I went to Australia. And uh, fuck, man. In the airport... I was walking with Longo, and Longo's got a hip thing, so he's got a cane, and I'm walking with you. We look like a fucking couple of misfits. And then, you know, like, we have to get through our fucking, our, we don't have to go to baggage claim on the way home. And I, I broke down. I saw the guy with one of those things where he drives, like, old people around. Yeah. And, you know, Longo's old as fuck, so I go, oh, excuse me, sir. I go, my friend's got a cane. Can we? But meanwhile, that shit was for me. Of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. So are you able to walk? Can you walk, or are you still limping around? Walkies I'm limping like a fuck. Aw. Yeah, I'm limping a lot. When are you going to see the other doctor? I don't know, Jimmy. I don't got all the answers. Performance. But I'll tell you what, Hawaii is fucking beautiful. I hate you a little bit right I've now. never been there. Where in Hawaii? Uh, I don't fucking know. Jimmy, I'm in Hawaii. Don't, <laughs> don't get specific. The <laughs> the, all the, the groupies will come looking for me. They go to hotel to hotel. Okay. You look like you have a nice view. You're pretty high up. Yeah. I, well, listen, I'm a, 
Everything for me is high up. I'm the side, I'm the height of Phoenix. Believe this. <laughs> wow, that's nice. really pretty. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. That's Looks pretty. great. Want, want to see my abs? Yeah, let, we were talking about your abs. We were hoping you'd show them. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. So when when uh, how long are you there for? I'm here. Um, I'm going back with Dana to. Uh, it's early here. Yeah. Go back to Sillies because it's fucking early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the pain medication. So you're uh, you're going back when <laughs> on Sunday? I'm going to. I'm, no, no, no. Fuck, man. I'm going tonight. It's it's seven o'clock in the morning here now. So we're going. We're doing some more fun shit today for the show, you know. And then uh, and then we're going back tonight to Vegas. And then uh, then I'm going to be in New York with you, my little bird. Yes. And we're going to have a good time on Wednesday. And then I'm fucking hitching a ride back with Dana because he's going to be in New York for a second. I'm going to go back to, uh, to fucking Vegas. I'm going to Boston. Oh. oh, that's right. What happened with Dominic? What was Dominic saying? Dominic Reed. He was, he was, he was good. He seems ready. Um, you know, he said he kind of knows what Chris is going to do. And I think we all do. Chris will probably try to take him down. That's my guess. Um, what did he say? What does he think he's going to do? I want to know. He he thinks he's going to probably shoot. I mean, again, if Vulcan surprised him shooting. I, I know Chris might be a, a problem if he gets a hold of him. But I think he said he has an idea of what Chris will want to do, which is take him down. He knows he's a great wrestler. Well, you know. Okay. But it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun fight, man. I'm excited. When are you going up? Wednesday. I get there Tuesday. I'm gonna go home. You know, shower. I don't know why I say shower. That's how. Yeah, what else? We figured. I'm gonna go home, shower, kiss my kids. It's probably gonna be late. Put them to bed. Attack my wife because I like the fucking party. Yeah, and then. I'm going to hang out with you, little Jimmy Bird, and then I'm going to fucking Boston. On Wednesday, I'm, you're going to be in tonight. Okay, good. I'm glad to see you. I'm busy, man. I'm busy as fuck, Jimmy. I feel like you. Well, see if Dana can come in. What? See if Dana can come in studio, unless he has other commitments. I'm sure he has other commitments. All right. Well, if he doesn't. You know, he knows I do the podcast. So what the fuck are you two up to? Phoenix. Yes, what sir. What new Netflix shows are you watching? Anything special? I just finished El Camino. What'd what do you think? I liked it. I've heard mixed reviews. What is it? It's the basically like the the after Breaking Bad. What happens to Jesse at the end of Breaking Bad? Did you watch oh, Breaking Bad? Shit. Yeah. Oh, is it a wait, is it a movie? Yeah, it's a movie on Netflix. For, made for Netflix, yeah. Oh. That's interesting. What's it? Oh fuck. I Download it for your plane ride home. Nah, I gotta watch that. Me and my wife watched the whole Breaking Bad. You know, I'm gonna get in some deep shit. Oh, if you watch it without her? You know? Listen, there's a virtual reality Avengers game. Hashtag hashtag couples goals. But what? (laughs) There's a a virtual reality Avengers thing coming out next month, and you're going to go with me. That was my abs. That was nice. Phoenix, look away because I'm shy. Phoenix, look away. All right, okay. I'm looking away. Turn around, Phoenix. I'm all right, okay. Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. My abs, Jimmy. Oh yeah, they look rock hard. All right, Phoenix Turbot, they're hard. They're, hard as a fucking rock. They really are. Matt looks very good. Uh, do you guys? Want All right, to- thank you, Phoenix. Sorry about that. No problem. I miss Jimmy, and I like to impress my friends. I'm always happy for you, and I'm, and I'm glad that uh, you know, I'm hoping you get your knee fixed. I don't want to see your knee all fucked up. I hope you get that fixed soon. Jimmy, it's not good to look at. I'll tell you right now, it looks fucking disgusting. But you're still dangerous. No. Oh, no, hashtag still dangerous. Fuck. Yeah. But uh, one leg or not, you know.
But anyway, what else, guys? Anything else? The we'll main event. You want to talk about the main oh, event? Yeah, you want to talk about the main event? Oh, shit. I called that. Well, so did you, Jimmy. Oh, I mean this... Uh, uh, I met with... Oh, you mean with Joanna uh, against Michelle Larson? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what the fuck are we talking about? Um, oh, I thought I don't know. I thought you were just wanted to discuss uh, Chris against Dominic Reyes. Uh, you do that too, but you'll be in on Wednesday, so you guys can talk about it. Yeah, you're talking about the. Uh, I, I tell you what, the Joanna, uh, even though she's uh, she's winning and she looked really good, she's had a lot of decisions. She would have, a, I think, a tough fight against uh, Wiley Zhang if, if they fight next. That's a very very tough fight. Definitely. A tough fight for both of them. Absolutely yeah, for sure. I think Joanna looked fucking awesome. She did, and. Uh, Man, you look at that last round. Look at the last fifteen seconds. She she doesn't slow down. She no, no. Picks up. She just she has a steady pace. And if anything, it, if she can just keep picking it up, it's insane. That I get impressed with that more than anything, man. And Michelle Waterson, you know, you know, she had her moments, man, with taking a back. And that's oh, even, sure. That's even more impressive that. She had some good moments, and Joanna was just like, fuck that, I'm yep. out of this, and I'm throwing fucking elbows. It was awesome, Yeah, man. Michelle I, never stopped trying to win. Yeah. She never no, stopped was, trying to win. No, it was, it was wild. It was, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was a hell of a fight, you know? Fun fight to watch. Yeah, and uh, Wiley Zhang, uh, she had a problem with her visa, and apparently Tulsi Gabbard stepped in and helped her as a Democratic candidate. It had something to do with the China-U.S. I don't think there was anything personally that she mm-hmm. couldn't do, but they denied her visa. Um, but I, I think it had something to do with this, with the ship between the two countries. And then they approved it. So there might have been some kind of a miscommunication in the paperwork or what she was going to do. So I would love to see her come here. I don't know if she speaks English or at all. She's working on it. She's, she's learning. It. Yeah, she's you, trying. Do you know who's learned English really well? And it does help when you're promoting because it invests people into you a little bit more because they kind of get attached to you as Nganu. Francis mm-hmm. Nganu has we made him, incredible yeah. uh, how well he speaks English. And, and, I, and I think uh, Jose Aldo had always heard him just a little bit. Sure. And he would have been more loved by the fans if they could kind of have heard him communicating a bit more. Well, Jose Aldo would have been loved by the fans, but then he made that fucking real uh, based on his life movie, and, if, and then they would have liked him because he saw speak English. They would have saw that, and they wouldn't like. Wait, I didn't watch I that. Play movie. I've never seen that. Was it bad? Oh, put that on your list of never to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I love early morning, Matt. How come it wasn't? Uh, how come it wasn't good? Oh, oh no, it's not good. What's it called? I'll make sure I watch it. Yeah. I don't I don't yeah, even remember. Listen, man. It's right up there with the great Rocky, fucking the Jose Aldo story. Oh. Is he starring in it? No, uh, no. I, no. Listen, I don't know. But I got I it maybe got better after fucking ten or fifteen minutes. Which I could never get back. Wow, you only <laughs> gave it ten minutes, huh? Woo! <laughs> like, I like good acting. I'm going to go see the fucking Joker. Yep. I want to see that. It's better acting than that. But hey, listen, I, and it's not a Brazilian thing. I fucking love City of God. Yes. Yeah, that's a great, great movie. Great, great movie. movie. Great movie. And I don't like reading during my fucking movie time, but I like that shit, subtitles and all. Little Zed. Yeah. What else, guys? We have I to talk all day. We have, uh, we have one more interview we have to do. In? We're going to talk to Cody Crowley. He's a boxer, and he's fighting on Fight Pass. He's 17-0. He's got nine knockouts. He's a really, really good fighter. 
Um, and he is uh, fighting uh, October the 19th in Ontario, and it's exclusive on Fight Pass, so we're going to talk to him. I'm a big fan of Fight Pass. I am too. I love it. I'm on there all the time. I watch more stuff there than I do live because I'm, I'm usually working on a Saturday, so I usually go right back and watch it on, on Fight Pass. Does anybody watch, like, fucking regular TV anymore? I don't. Not really, I'm man. Netflix, watching fucking... Disney Plus when it comes out, The Mandalorian in a couple of months. I can't. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. High five through the TV. All right. Well, listen. Have fun. <laughs> have fun in Hawaii, Matt, and uh, have a you. safe trip back. And I'm looking forward to seeing you Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Later, right. Matt. Have fun. See you, pal. How do you say? Do you say you say aloha to say hello. What do you say? What do you say goodbye? Aloha. No. no is it hello? I think no. it's hello and goodbye. I think fuck off. It's oh, aloha yeah, and one fuck too. off. That one Try too. that. We're not going to figure it out now. <laughs> Bye. Ask See the you, natives. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, his knee, Matt's fucking knee. What are they doing to his knee? I don't know. Fix his knee. I don't know. I, what about stem cells? I don't know much about it, but I'm interested. I still don't think he makes his case any stronger, though, because he's always, he, he doesn't give it time to heal before he's back on the mat. No, he, he doesn't. He cannot lay off rolling. And there's got to be, uh, on some level, that has to fuck you up a little bit. Yeah, but his personality, if he didn't roll, he'd be, hi. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? What's up, hey, Cody? Hey, Cody, how you doing? I'm Phoenix. I'm this is you guys Jim. Okay? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, where are you now? Uh, I'm in Ontario, Canada. Oh, you up there? It's okay. Peterborough. Yeah, at Peterborough. So this is where the fight's happening. Um, super small town, about a hundred thousand people. Mm -hmm. Um, this is where I grew up. So this is my hometown. Um, so this is the homecoming. Does it mean anything to you to fight in your hometown? I always hate doing anything in front of my family and close friends. Do I do? You, does this mean something more to you? Definitely, I love it, man. I um I made my pro debut on the uh, Gamboa Crawford undercard in a nice eighteen thousand seat um arena, but I was the first fight of the night, so I walked in there and I heard crickets. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> so here I go, I get to headline in front of uh you know thousands of my hometown friends and families and uh, people that didn't think I'd be where I am today. So it, it's always nice to you know prove people wrong and uh, get the love and support from oh. everyone who did believe in you. I always find that there are sort of two type of fight philosophies when it comes to the crowd. Some fighters are like so focused that it doesn't matter who's out there. And then other fighters will say that the crowd actually fuels them and they love performing in front of people. Are you more of the focus fighter or the performer? Uh, I would say more of the performer. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
when I hear when I hear the people screaming, um, I'll actually go out of my way a little bit to kind of showboat for them, um, <laughs> get the crowd engaged as much as possible. And then with when I do fight my hometown, it's my own promotional company as well, right? So I'm uh, I'm not only just the fighter in there. I'm also while I'm fighting, I'm you know looking out. Are they having fun? Are they enjoying it? Um, you know, is there enough excitement? So I'm trying to wear both hats in there at the same time. So That's I interesting. I'm always fascinated by guys like 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 you who will do that because there's a lot of fighters that will do it and it's so flashy but there's such a risk like my friend whenever to play him in chess he was such a shit talker so beating him was so satisfying and like the risk you take when you do that like if you look at uh Silva uh Anderson Silva against Weidman mm-hmm. the risk is when you lose it can be very bad oh definitely definitely i don't go out of my like i'm not showboating too much maybe yeah, drop not my hands a little bit looking at the crowd but uh, yeah, I'm I'm still 110 percent focused. Yeah, and it hasn't happened to you yet. You are uh, you know you're 17 and 0. Does, is there an additional pressure? Like again, I I always ask this to undefeated fighters where you haven't had that first loss yet. Does that do you think that puts any additional pressure on each fight because you've never had that experience? Mm, you know what? I don't think so. I think um, I don't I don't know where this whole uh, you know losing your O thing. Uh, became so important ever since ever since floyd in the boxing game you know people it's like they go out of their way they won't fight good guys they're just trying to protect that oh you know um at the end of the day this is an entertainment sport um you're gonna get paid by how much you entertain so i i don't care about losing my oh i care about how many people are satisfied with my performance every time i go out there and did i leave it all on the line um that that's the only thing that matters to me so i don't have any pressure about losing my oh um I know, you know, I know I've trained hard enough. I know I'm ready for whatever's in front of me. And uh, whatever happens, happens. I agree. It's almost like a loss with a good fight is better than a win and an easy or a bad fight that no one cares about. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. This is this is the entertainment game. It's putting asses in the seats. Right. So <laughs> you can be 30 and 0 all you want. But if you're not entertaining, if you're not fighting the right guys. Uh, there's going to be crickets in the stadium. Did you take, uh, have you trained any uh, mixed martial arts as well, or are you, are you strictly have trained in boxing? You know what? what uh, I started out in kickboxing, actually, uh, to lose lose weight for hockey. My dad, you know, I'm, I'm from Canada. I was born <laughs> with skates on my yeah, feet. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, I, was, I was getting fat, overweight, kind of, and uh, a nice way of saying it, my dad's like, you know what? Uh, I signed you up for kickboxing, stay in shape for hockey throughout the summer. He just didn't want to say, you know, you're kind of getting fat. <laughs> so uh, I started with kickboxing and uh, just kind of went from there. I did a little bit of jujitsu, rolling around a couple classes down at uh, Extreme Coutures uh, when I go down to Vegas, but uh, pretty much just stuck with the kickboxing and boxing. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I, I read this thing about you that 10 years ago, you went up to Dana and you told him you wanted to be in the UFC and now it's 10 years later and you are on one of these cards in UFC Fight Pass and you're a promoter and you've like trained with everybody, everybody important in boxing. So like, what's the story? How did this come about 10 years later and not, and you are working with Dana? Yeah. So, uh, you know, my whole journey, it's been, it's been crazy. Um, I was one of those kids when I was 16 years old that I made it. I made my mind up that I was going to be a professional fighter no matter what. Boxing just didn't even exist where I'm from. Nobody heard about it. You know. Um, yeah, it's not big in Canada. It's, it's... Yeah, you know, when I was 16, I, it's almost getting ready for college time. 
uh, student counselors are like, Cody, what are you going to do? What classes are you going to take? You got college coming up. I told him, I said, I don't need, I'm not going to college. I'm going to be a professional fighter. They laughed at me, just laughed and said, what are you going to do? Come on. And I said, I'm going to be a professional fighter. I, the day I graduated high school, I booked a one-way ticket to Vegas to go chase this dream. Wow. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been a decade in the making. But the story with me and Dana, uh, when I was 16, I went to Vegas for a UFC fight. It was a birthday gift or a Christmas gift for my family. Um, and the World MMA Awards were on the exact same night. Mm-hmm. So I had to go. All these guys are my idols, right? Absolutely. You know, they're my heroes. So I had to go. I was trying to get pictures with them. But I went there. I knew Dana was going to be there. So I went with the intention that uh, I was going to try to pitch him, you know, make him remember my name somehow. And, uh, of course, you couldn't buy tickets there at the time down on the floor. So I snuck in. <laughs> I, I was driven, obsessed, right? I snuck past security and everything like that. Finally found Dana. I told him, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the baddest mother effer that you've ever seen. Um I'm going to be a world champion. This was at the time when the Ultimate Fighter TV show was just booming. And so I was trying to convince him to uh, have an amateur Ultimate Fighter TV show for people under the age of 18. Um, because, you know, it, his crowd only went to the already professionals, not the kids, the right. youth coming up. So mm-hmm. that's what I was trying to get at. I felt like there was a big market for that. Um, and he just laughed at me. You know, some little kid coming up to yeah. him trying to tell him what, how to run his his business uh he just (laughs) laughed and said kid come back when you're older and uh literally 10 years later i went back with that picture and uh i I built a company i built a 17-0 record uh top 10 in the world ranking in two different uh uh big organizations and so i i i came back with some ammo this time when i went to pitch them you know and uh, i think it's more so of the story the the drive and relentless uh, work ethic that he's seen. This is a decade of my life that I've given up, you know? Um, even right now, like I live in Las Vegas away from my family, my friends. I eat, sleep, breathe boxing every single day. I have friends at home, good friends have committed suicide. I won't go home for their funeral. Uh, good friends getting married. I don't go to the weddings. Wow. Um, bir- births of my, my nephews. I don't go home. Like I eat, sleep, breathe this dream of becoming a world champion. And I have to do that because I didn't have all the talent. I don't, I don't have no God-given ability. All I have is a relentless work ethic that has now got the attention of people like Dana White, like Floyd Mayweather. Um, it's just that no-quit mentality. What's, what you know? I'm curious about is, is you know, this is one of the first, or is it the first boxing event that they're putting on UFC Fight Pass? I believe it is, right? No, I th- Roy, jo- Roy Jones Jr. fought, uh, I believe. I, I was on Fight Pass, wasn't it? I'm almost positive it was. Yeah, yeah. I think um, they, they pulled some content from uh, Roy Jones Jr. And I want to say, yeah, I think Ludabello as well. Um, but is this the first there, one that UFC is involved this- in the actual production, is what I'm asking? Um, this is the first time they're showcasing one fighter. Okay. You know, like the, yeah, the build up behind the fight, the lead up to the fight. Um, and I think, you know, I go in there and I show, I show exactly what I'm capable of. Uh, this can be the start of something big. Coming what, from the boxing world, what are your thoughts on the UFC getting involved with boxing now? Where do you, where do you think it's going to go and, and how I do you think it's it. going to be? I love it. I love it. In UFC, you see the fight, the best fight, the best, um, you don't have to wait five, six, seven, ten years to see the fight that you want to, to see. Right. Mm-hmm. And then those guys are done in their prime and it's not that fight anymore. Um, so it's, a, it's amazing if Dana comes in and he does what he does with the UFC. And that is the best fight, the best. You have like four or five guys in the heavyweight division right now. 
that are taking one to two to three years to fight each other when all these guys could be having round robins with each other and making exciting fights multiple times a year and at the same time making a bunch of money. What do you think it is that <laughs> but, makes that happen? That, that makes the um, box, boxing so much more different? Than, is it the fact there's different promoters? or What do you think holds boxing definitely, up? Definitely. Oh, yeah, I think it's the fact that fractured. These, these promoters, um, you know, when you have a moneymaker, you don't want to let them go. You don't want to see them lose. You don't want to risk losing your money. Right. So I truly believe it's the promoters being very, very greedy. You know, they, the promoters are only going to make the fight happen if they know they're, they're making X amount of money. Right. What? And, yes. and if you're going to continue to make that money. What got you to, where, you, where to back it up, where in the UFC, Dana seems to make the fights that the fans just want to see. It's right? one of and the best things about is. them. Yeah. <laughs> It's the entertainment, uh, it's the entertainment industry. So mm -hmm. you got to give the people what they want. And I wanted to ask you too, what, what got you from kickboxing into just purely boxing? Did, did you not like it or did you not see an avenue where you can make uh, a living at it? <laughs> um, here's a funny story. Um, my very first kickboxing match, I was, I was actually 15. I was 15 or 14. So it's co-ed, right? Under girls and boys. I got yeah. my ass handed to me by some girl. Really? She, lift, she lifted her leg up and kicked me across my face so hard. <laughs> I, I, I never wanted to have a kickboxing match again. <laughs> so I realized I'm not flexible. I'm better with my hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always thought uh, kickboxing seemed like it would be, not not that it's an easier sport, but it seems like well, at least you, you know you, you might have some kicks to the body, or you know you got to worry about the legs a little it's not bit. Not easier. Like, uh, no, no, not at all. But you seem like less damage to the uh, the head and the face. Then again, if you're taking a foot to the face, uh, kick, shin kick, shin to the chin. Kickboxing always seemed like more appealing to me than pure boxing. Really? Yeah. Really? No, bro. Could you imagine? I see these guys like kicking steel poles breaking their shins uh no way um I, I you can punch me in the face all day i'm good i'm cool with it <laughs> honestly <laughs> when reason, I, that doesn't bother me i went boxing first and kickboxing second and i didn't think a leg kick would hurt i took a leg kick and i swear time stopped and i was like why do i do this why don't i like floral decoration what why i you don't realize how painful <laughs> Oh yeah. So the um that that time when I w I went to Vegas for those World MMA awards. Um actually I went to Dream Couture's to train. I jumped in their pro kickboxing class mm -hmm. and uh so I was kickboxing with Sam Stout, um, oh, Mark yeah. Tomanek, this is back when Sean Tompkins had his team down there. Um whole bunch of great guys. I couldn't walk for a week. <laughs> it was it was horrible. <laughs> Welts on my leg, black and blue. Um so boxing is for me. I'll take a black eye over a black leg any day. Yeah, I don't know why I always thought it looked maybe because I have more faith in my legs than I do in my hands because neither are particularly good, but my legs are slightly better. <laughs> let's let's talk about your opponent. Tell us about him. Tell us about this matchup. Um, yeah, Mayan Hussein. He's uh, apparently he's he, he's got a, a some good pop to his punch. Um, that's what everyone's telling me. They don't know why I picked this fight, especially for a hometown fight fighting the guys sixteen. You know, one um, who's super slick, fast, and he can and he can crack. Uh, but I just the way I fight, I apply principles. Um, okay. I don't go out there and just try to box people. You know, if I got a slick guy who's running around, my pr my principle that I would apply is that I'm going to press the guy. I'm going to get him to stop running, and when he stops running, there he is to fight. I can go to work. Um, so really, whatever a guy has, 
I have the principles to uh, nullify that and do what I do best, and that's fight in a phone booth. I would love to just be able to stand there with our feet in concrete and throw and, uh, you know, last man standing. That's uh, that's what I'm all about. So the objective is going to be really about cutting the ring off and, you know, creating angles to kind of get him to push yeah, him, slowly, sort of like a matador in a bowl. Yeah, slowly break him down. Um, and basically, I try to almost suffocate guys. I apply such a pressure that is very hard to uh, to train for. Um, and as soon as we get into deep waters, I take guys to places where they just don't want to be, where they just mentally, physically want to quit. Well, when they get into the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, they just want to get out of there. I absolutely suffocate them with my pressure, what and that's of- that's what I. Um, what kind of cardio do you need to do in order to be able to execute that? Because I think that I think sometimes people forget oh, the the absolute it, torture boxing can be. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, but you know that's that's one of the things I got going for me is that uh, I'm in one of the best shape that any boxers are ever are. Even even when I boxed Floyd Mayweather, um, you know, and I, I was in his camp for Manny Pacquiao fight, Conor McGregor fight. We would be on that bag for three four hours. I wouldn't get off until until after he got off. I would make sure I'm the first one working and I'm the last one working. Um, and uh, yeah, just I train my butt off. I easily breathe this sport. I've been doing it for a decade now. Um, and I just have the will to win. It doesn't matter if my gas light is on E. I will find a way to put it that gear back into high drive and keep going. How do you sleep? <laughs> I mean, are you a good sleeper, I'm asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sl- I sleep like a baby, man. When you tra- when you train so hard, as soon as your head hits the pillow, you're out. I really envy I've been, that. Get- I've been getting into, I've been getting into a lot of uh, like meditation and uh, deep breathing exercises mm-hmm. too. That's just helped me at nighttime, pull me out. What does the meditation do? It mentally just kind of gets you to sleep. Yeah, because you know, uh, I find especially running the company as well, right? Like running an event like this, I'm training two two hours in the morning i'm training two hours at nighttime i'm running the whole business i'm matching fights i'm booking the venues i'm selling tickets at the same time i'm doing it all so i'm putting in like 16 17 hour days so at the end of the day it's kind of hard to turn my brain off so mm-hmm. as soon right. as i start doing uh some little meditation i'm right out yeah it's about your hormones and your endocrine system because your adrenaline is up and your brain is overly stimulated and a lot of it is about sort of downgrading your system to be able to bring yourself to a relaxed state. So it's like um, getting your cortisol levels to neutralize your melatonin to kick in so that you can go into restful sleep. And that's where you recover and heal. I've dealt like with that girl. shit She's a lot, smart. as you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I like what you're saying. Well, sports science was my background. So that's why when I think about, like, especially with boxing, lots of people have endurance in their legs, like for movement. But to have endurance in your shoulders and your back... It, it is so yeah. difficult, you know, and the tighter you get, yep. the more you box, the more your chest closes, the more your chest starts to close, the the harder it is to breathe. You know, at least with MMA, there's a little bit more physical transitional positions, but like your biceps are always up. Your hands have to always be up. You're just like, it's, yeah, it's there, a different a muscle more, endurance. Yeah. In MMA, I feel like there's a little bit more uh, fluidity in the body that you have to have, right? Yeah. But the up and down is anaerobic and that's torture too so it's not that it's harder or easier it's just different exactly yeah two totally different animals Mm -hmm. um you've seen that 
you've seen that. Look at Conor McGregor. He's in such great shape. Look at what happened when he got in the uh, when he got in the boxing ring, right? You had Floyd just kind of play with him and knew the guy's going to gas out. It's two totally different animals you're dealing with. I always wonder when he fought too, when, he, when you're that much of a, of a mixed martial artist, and then you have to remove half of your weapons, uh, which is your legs. Or I'm not that Connor was always going to take guys down, but I mean the fact is he loves to kick, he loves to throw kicks, he loves to start off with a spinning kick. When you have to not do that, how much does that affect your uh, you in the ring? Yeah, it, it it must have totally messed with them. Like if you think about it, you usually go in, uh, go into a fight with a with a machine gun. Now all of a sudden you're going in with a little nine millimeter handgun. <laughs> uh, you know, you got a lot less to work with. Yeah, because the so way you would neutralize a guy like back. Floyd, who's a faster puncher, is to throw kicks. And then when you can't do that. Uh, I, I wonder if psychologically, because there was a few times it seemed like Connor almost jumped on his back. Connor almost jumped on his. I think the ref was pretty lenient with Connor because I think he knew that he was not a professional boxer, and he gave him a bit of a break on some of those. Yeah, I think that was that was just his instincts kicking in. Did you <laughs> notice that? It, it seemed like he was like, well, that's, yeah, that's he wa it almost like he wanted to, he wanted to jump on him and almost like choke him or something. Yeah, a little bit from behind. It was kind were, of funny. Were you working with Floyd at that time when he was training for Connor? <laughs> Yeah. 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 What were yeah, some of the yeah. conversations I, you guys had about that particular matchup? Uh, Floyd didn't really train that hard for that fight. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, no, he didn't, man. I remember, like, there were sometimes maybe he bought he he he'd spar once a week, maybe twice a week. Mm -hmm. Um, the dude is just so naturally gifted. Um, not only physically but mentally. Yeah. He is. He's he's on such another level. Like, it, it's playing. A guy who plays ch uh, chess versus a guy who plays checkers. It's just two total different games. And uh, there's a reason why Conor McGregor landed more punches on Floyd than any other fighter, I believe, in any uh, in any of his fights. Floyd's never got touched like that before. What do you think right? it was? Um, but that was That's Floyd's game plan. I'm just going to walk this guy down. I'm going to suffocate him. I'm going to let him spend his energy thinking he's hurting me while I'm catching, catching, catching. I'm resting. I'm not expending any of my energy, and I'm just going to keep poke. I'm going to catch, 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 poke tiny holes to his stomach, little holes to the gas tank. Five, six, seven, eight rounds later, there's going to be nothing left in the gas tank. Yeah. Um, so in order for Floyd to do that and get him to expend his energy, he had to play that kind of shell defense and right. just let Connor throw. Right? Psychological, and, too. Uh, it's like I yeah. I made you think you can touch me, so now you're going to keep coming in because you think you can touch me. And then I'm going to hit you just, really yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he might even just throw a jab to the stomach while Connor's in the middle of throwing a big combination. Mm -hmm. Those tiny little short shots are what do it. Yeah. Right, so. so you're saying Floyd did not train as hard for Connor as one may have thought. Definitely. Definitely not. I didn't even feel like we were going into a fight. Um, and <laughs> the dude is just a freak of nature, man. He can get out. He can. Go from sitting on a couch for six months to jumping in the ring and boxing 12 rounds. I guess nothing. Crazy. Did he indicate you know? that he... It was a very big money fight, but did he indicate that he didn't take Connor as seriously as a boxing opponent as he might have others? Definitely, because Connor's not a boxer. He, he, he knows it's just two different sports. If I go and, and I try to jump in the cage... Um, I have, I have a feeling that whoever I'm fighting is just going to be laughing at me through their whole entire training camp. Like... You you would know you've been, you you're you've been involved with the sports right. So if all of a sudden I come into the cage and I've just boxed my whole life and now all of a sudden I take kicks to the leg 
it's only going to take about two or three before I can't even walk on my leg no more. Yeah. Well, you look at James Tony and uh, Couture uh, when they fought. It's kind yeah. of I think it was a first round. He. Uh, just yeah. grabbed him. Yeah, he just, like, all right, here, come here. He just grabbed him. Go to sleep. All right, well, listen, Cody, really, it's good talking to you, man. And I'm really happy, too, that this is going to be on Fight Pass. And, and I love the fact that the UFC is involved uh, on some level with boxing now. I really am happy about that. Yeah, I, th- I think it's good, man. You know, Canada really needs um, an outlet for our fighting platform. And we, and we don't have it right now. And as you've seen with GSP, um, with the Raptors, Canada gets behind. If they have a horse to ride behind, the whole entire country gets behind. We shut down cities when it's game night, you know? So they, they want a fighter to get behind, but they just haven't found that right horse yet. And with the UFC fight pass, the ability for everybody to view this fight, I have a feeling two or three fights down the road, we have a horse to ride behind and a world champion that the whole country can ride behind. So I, I truly believe I'm going to be the GSP of boxing within the next 12 to 16 months. Well, good luck, man. You're fighting. Uh, it is. Uh, let me get the date here. October nineteenth. It is October this the nineteenth. It is this Saturday in Ontario. If I'm not sure if tickets are available, if you happen to be in Ontario, uh, check that out. And if not, just watch it on Fight Pass because most of us don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Yeah, yeah great talking to you, man. Talking I, I, well, you. Have, have a good fight and, uh, and good luck. We'll talk to you again. Best of luck. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. All right, Bye. Cody. Yeah, I wanna I wanna love boxing like I used to. I can't I, I cannot and I, I watched it my whole childhood. I watched it growing up and I loved it. And I know that you know, the judging, uh, you know, that's not necessarily they don't they don't work for boxing mm-hmm. and they don't work for the UFC. And the UFC is bad judging, but the boxing judging boxing is so fucking horrendous. Yeah, there's been some times where I've been so turned Alvarez, off to Triple the sport. G, it made it made me never. I don't think I've watched boxing right, since. Right, I was so disgusted. With with with, with that, what that woman did that that one judge, yep. it, it was so egregious and so terrible. I'm like, how is this how a real fight is judged? How does anybody enjoy this? How does anybody have faith in this sport that you're going to see the outcome that is earned? You know, so whatever. I, I and again, I I think that in UFC you see that as well. Nowhere nearly as much. Well, as that's you why you see people contesting losses, right? There's there's a some a situation right, right now. Barboza's contesting, and then who uh, who's the other one that's contesting? It just happened. Is, is it Diego? It is Diego Lima. That's right. Yes, he won all three rounds. One of the judges said that he lost. It was a split decision win. Even though he won, he's still contesting it at a principle that the judges have to be held accountable for mistakes like that yeah. because you could ruin someone's career. So even though he won, he's still fighting it. So Diego Lima, you're the man. And I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah, I remember the Felder uh, Barboza fight. I don't think Barboza won that fight. Yeah, I, th- I think clear- clearly yeah. Felder and won that fight. And Aspen Ladd is fighting the, the quick stoppage off of uh, Jermaine and Duranime. Yes. It was a first round. uh, I don't know. Um, She seemed like she jumped back. Do you think, do do the referees and the act differently when two women are fighting than they do when two men are fighting? (laughs) Which has nothing to do with the fighters, by the way. I'm saying, is this something that the referees... The male instinct to care for a female, like, does it happen quicker? Is it a subconscious thing? Lots of people have brought this up. I think it's subjective to each and every referee, maybe. But from what I've, when I'm in some of these meetings, I go just to kind of see what refs are taught so I know what to talk about in commentary. The way a fighter falls 
it really determines how quickly too that they jump on a knockout or a TKO because they're looking for how they reacted during the initial impact because you know people do recover but if they like fall they face plant you can almost guarantee that they're going to stop that fight sure so i don't know if it had to do with that and that was the reason why that fight was called so quickly but i know that that is a big uh, factor in how judges call fights based off of if somebody even if someone recovers quickly if they like look like they were about to face plant when they got hit or they get knocked out almost instantly or you see their eyes roll back in their head even if they wake up again that does affect it so i don't know that's not necessarily a male female thing i've i've just noticed it it just seems like they're and again not that the fighters need it i just mm-hmm. think that sometimes the referees I don't, I don't think it's a conscious thing i don't think they're meaning to do it right i've just noticed it a few times i'm like what is he what are you doing? Like the couple times they've separated when they didn't need right. just a few things. And I can't think of great examples um, in the moment, but I just remember registering it when I've seen it. I think it's somewhat of a natural instinct, not meant to be sexist or anything no. that a men want to care for and protect females. I think that's something ingrained in us a little bit. And that could be a possibility. Yeah. Where you don't even realize you, you see, you see a woman being hurt again. Right. And, and every referee would deny that and tell me I'm crazy. I've just, you know, I'm glad other people have noticed it too. Yeah. It doesn't sound like I'm some fucking paranoid idiot. Let them no, fight till no, they're dead. I, this, I don't mean this that. conversation's <laughs> come up a lot actually. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much to uh, Cody Crowley. Of course, Matt, we're happy that Matt called in. And uh, Dominic Reyes was really nice to talk to him uh, as well. We have uh, fight uh, Dominic Reyes, Chris Wyman Friday night, and Cody Crowley is fighting on Saturday night in Ontario on Fight Pass. He is fighting Mayan Hussein, uh, who's 16-1. They're both 17 fights, 17-0, 16-1. They're probably very, very evenly matched, both Canadians. So... um, Great weekend to fight. Should be fun. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thanks, Phoenix. You're always fun to have. Yeah, you. awesome. You thanks, in. Jim. Let's talk about uh, after the, the show. I want to talk to you about health stuff. No, I'm going to help you out. I'm hook you up. All right. Yeah, bye. Later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons. All handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.